Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. So far, I've given you 116 episodes and almost three years of free content. So please support this podcast by donating and purchasing my first novel that was published in 2012. Both links are in the show notes. And if you enjoy the book, please give me the best rating that you see fit on Amazon. Also, please give me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. To rate takes less than 10 seconds of your time and to review takes less than a minute. And just all this to support me, which I really appreciate. And always remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. Today, we are discussing evidential mediumship and what I learned in the course I took with famous TV medium, Tony Stockwell. So about now, I would say about two months ago, I took a course at the Omega Institute, which you guys know, I I keep talking about all these courses I keep taking during the summer, this is what I like to do. So I don't really go on vacation in the summer. I save that more for winter because January through March where I live is so cold. But I love to stay around during the summer and go to Omega and just develop my skills that I want to develop on a paranormal level, on a psychic level, a mediumship level, and beyond. So I thought the intermediate and advanced mediumship course would be a really good fit for me. I have an episode, if you look back, I talked about taking the psychic detective course with Tony Stockwell last year, and it was amazing. And John Baisley, who I met from that course, he came on and he did an episode on forensic astrology. So that course was just really influential for me. Tony Stockwell, again, is a famous British medium. He's known for a lot of TV shows over there and Over here in the U.S., I don't think he's as well known, but over there, he's kind of a medium rock star on par with the mediums we have here, right? So it was exciting that he always comes over. He teaches usually one to three classes a year at Omega during the season when it's open. And next year, he talked about the two classes he's doing or two workshops, I should say, and they sound amazing. And he's also well known for doing the trance mediumship workshops, which I've never done. They're five days. I've heard they're really amazing, really intense. But I think you guys heard how I did the five day medical intuition workshop and five days was just too long for me. Unless it's restorative yoga and (laughs) we're just in yummy yoga positions all day long. I'm not sure I'm going to build up to that, but I may. So anyway, I digress. I decided that going to this workshop would be a good choice because I consider myself, I would say I would consider myself, mm, well, before the course, (laughs) I considered myself somewhat of a beginner medium. I would say almost intermediate I was a person who actually for clients that I did book editing for, and I have this manuscript review service, and I could go and get mediumship readings from their loved ones to help write the book. So I had done that in the past, but not much, you know, just little things, little pieces of guidance. 
And then in my house, I have spirits, which I talked about in last episode. So I figured, okay, this would be a good way to advance my mediumship more. Now, when I <laughs> when I went into the class, what I wasn't expecting was how advanced these mediums were taking this course. Obviously, it said advanced in the title and it said it in the summary and I knew that, but I did not know the level people were going to be. I did not think that they would be practicing mediums who have actual businesses and do this for a living. I thought it was more, okay, I kind of do readings for people. I do have a business, but it's more a weekend thing or a side hustle thing. I did not think some of these mediums would be extremely impressive the way they were. I thought they were going to be people more like me who had spirits in the house and could connect with them, but I didn't know it was going to be like full hardcore mediums. And that's what these people were. The majority of them, I had partnered up with someone in the class who I think was more like me, but that was the only person I met. Everyone else I met had been mediums for years. I mean, we're talking some of them were 60 and they told me that they had been mediums their entire lives. So I was definitely more at the beginner scale, but that was okay because I loved it. At first I was intimidated, I'm not going to lie. And then I began to love it because I learned so much from these people and doing this course really quickly advanced my mediumship skills. So I was really happy. I have to say that the one thing I learned was I never want to be a professional medium that does hour long readings. (laughs) It takes so much out of you and I cannot believe and I have so much respect for people who do that. That I don't think is my cup of tea. Tony talked about a friend he has who's an exceptional medium and she only does 20 minute readings and I think if I ever were to really delve into this, then I would be that person. I would be the person being like, okay, I'm going to give you a flash reading. You know, I'm going to give you a 10 minute reading, 20 minute reading, because that's all I have the attention span for. I am trying to possibly create a new metaphysical service and I want to put together everything I've been learning. So Reiki, I got my master Reiki attunements a month ago. Has it been that long? Something like that. Three weeks ago. And then I did the medical intuition, which I found that, as I talked about on the podcast, that I have, or I feel like I have a natural inclination toward. And then I also wanted to advance my mediumship skills. So I want to put that all together into a service. And that's something I'm still mulling over and thinking about and something I want to offer possibly in the new year, I I had originally said in fall. But okay, so let's get to the course. All right, so some of these people, actually a good majority of these people, were from a metaphysical church. They read for people every weekend. Sometimes they do 20 readings. Sometimes they do 40 readings in a weekend. So these people were super quick and super advanced. The first person I was partnered with, she was great. She kind of intimidated me because... I said, okay, you can read me first. I was the sitter. So the sitter means the person who is being read. 
And automatically, she was like, you're adopted. Uh, you don't know your genetics. You're uh, you're from another country. You're, I mean, I couldn't believe it. She had looked at me for literally, I don't know, a millisecond and was getting all of these things. And then I believe she was able to hone in on my mother and had details about her. And I was a little blown away. So this woman kept talking and I was supposed to go next. We were supposed to switch. But I was like, just let her keep talking. So I let her keep talking. <laughs> and, she, and she just kept going on her happy little trail. And then the time was up. So I never got my turn. But I was happy because I wanted to observe her. So then we had during the course a ton of practice. We were constantly partnering with different people. And that was so helpful. The second person I partnered with was someone I really connected with. I really liked him. I thought he was a phenomenal medium. And he's someone that I may get on this podcast because he had a really interesting personality. And I told him how I was a little bit intimidated. And the first woman who read me was just boom off the bat. And he said something that I will never forget. He said, listen, I know a lot of these people. They are from a certain program. And he said, a lot of them just do it for ego. And there's no emotion behind it. And there, some of them are just not doing it for the right reasons. They're showing off. And when he said that, that really clicked with me because the woman had no emotion when she was reading me. She was just spewing facts and there was nothing loving behind it. There was no message that was trying to be given. It was just, hey, look at what I can do. And the fact that she didn't stop and say, okay, you know, I did my thing. Now it's your turn. You read me. She didn't do that. She kept going. So when he said that, I really connected with that. And we always have to remember that I know those of you who listen to this podcast have metaphysical services for the right reasons. Some of you are psychic, some of you are mediums. Uh, some of you are doing light language, whatever it is. And I know you, some of you, not all of you personally, and you're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing it because you genuinely want to help people. But this person reminded me that not everyone is doing the metaphysical thing for good reasons. They're doing it for selfish egotistical reasons. And I've talked about that on this podcast before. And when the original woman talked to me, I said, yeah, she's definitely doing this for her own ego. So I really connected with that. So Tony told us to go into a group of five and that we had to communicate with three spirits. And that was overwhelming, right? <laughs> I was like, okay. But I was able to do it and I was able to do it actually very clearly. I was able to communicate and see and hear and feel these spirits. I was probably one of the last ones to go. I watched how everyone did it and they were able to do it quickly. And what Tony wanted was a specific message. That's what he was going for. He said, each of these spirits should have a specific message because at the end of the day, when you go to a medium, like if I go to a medium, I want to hear a message from that person. 
right? I mean, of course, I want the evidential mediumship, which I'm going to get into in a second. But then I want that what do you see for me? If I lost you tragically, what message do you have for me? What should I know? And that's the most important thing. And again, with that first woman, she didn't care about any of that. You could tell. She just wanted to show me that she knew her shit. And she knew her shit. And she had the evidential mediumship part down. But the emotion, the love, the connection was missing. So for you guys who are listening who are looking for a great medium, trust me, I have them. I have one I'm interviewing uh, very soon for you guys. So uh, always ask me and say, hey, what medium do you recommend? Because I will give you names and I will give you good names. And these people have read me and I trust them and they're in it for the right reasons. So you always have to make sure of that. So I was able to give the three readings and they were validated. The three people said, yes, they're my brother or they're my friend or they're my cousin who passed tragically. And that was really good. But then my issue was I got to a certain point with communicating with the spirit and receiving the evidential mediumship. And what I mean by evidential mediumship, I was going to talk about this later. But what I mean is you have to show specific evidence to your sitter. You cannot show, hey, uh, this person was medium height and liked to eat and was American. That's not good enough. You have to really dig deep to show that you know that you're connecting with that spirit because otherwise it's too general. And I've had mediumship readings where I'd never recommend the medium because it was too general. So nowadays, mediums do what's called evidential mediumship. And that means they are going to show you with specific evidence that is unique to that spirit that they are connecting with your loved one. So I want to get into that a little bit later. I want to continue to talk about this reading. So anyway, I connected with the three spirits, which was great. But then I got to a certain point and I would stop because I didn't know what else to ask the spirit. I was like, okay, well, I told you X, Y, and Z, but now I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I don't know where to go from there. And this was my lack of knowing, right? This was my lack of knowledge. This was a fact that I was not on that advanced scale. I was more beginner. I asked Tony and Tony said, you have to keep asking questions to the spirit in your head and they have to be specific ones. You know, does your name start with and run through the alphabet? right? And you do it very quickly. A, B, C, D, 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 D. Tell me when to stop, spirit. What does your name start with? You know, what was your main hobby? However you want to put it, however you can connect, just keep asking questions in your head and then you can say them out loud. If they give you the answers, you say it out loud. So that's how these mediums do it a lot of the time. They get this whole surge of information at the beginning and then they have to start asking questions in their head. But once they're well practiced, they don't have to do it as much, right? So I'm new, so I have to do it. So I thought that was really valuable. And watching how the more advanced mediums did it, I was very impressed. They could, we each had five minutes or something, and they just could keep going and going. And that's something that 
I have to learn how to do. So this is where evidential mediumship comes into play, as I talked about. You have to show the sitter specific evidence of the spirit you are communicating with. It should not be this loved one who used to eat with you. (laughs) That's too vague. For example, when I had my turn with the three spirits, I said to the group, I see a man in his early 40s fly fishing with waders and overalls in a stream. And someone said, that's my brother. So you have to be as specific as you can. And then you're always trying to go for the message. Now, I want to talk about bullshit readings because I've had bullshit readings. (laughs) These mediums weren't that good. I have always tried to contact my grandmother on my mother's side. She lived with us for, well, until I was 17, she died and I was very close to her. But my mother always told me that my grandmother did not believe in psychics, mediums. She thought it was all bullshit. And she has not come through in a reading because I know it's just not her. My mother who passed away, she comes through all the time, but my grandmother just refuses to come through. I think there was one instance where my grandmother came through and that actually happened in this workshop. I had paired, sorry, my dog is like, he wants to jump on my computer. No, you can't. No, 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 no. (laughs) Sorry, guys. He's typing on the keyboard. Stop. No, Jake. Okay. So I had one instance in this course where there was an older woman who I paired with and I believe she contacted someone that sounded exactly like my grandmother, but I'm not sure it was her. It could have been my other grandmother who I never met in real life, but always comes through for me because she really did believe in the paranormal. Anyway, so this grandmother never comes through. Her name's Catherine. I had been to two readings where these mediums were telling me she was coming through, but it was a bullshit reading. And I'll tell you why. There was no evidential mediumship. In one of the readings, it was a male medium. And he had said to me, oh, this woman came through. I'm getting grandmother energy. Jake. Oh my God. He keeps stepping on my keyboard. Stop. I'm, you guys, sorry. (laughs) I am in my bedroom today recording, which I'm usually not, but I'm just cold. So I'm recording in my bedroom and I don't feel like starting the heat in the other part of the house. And my dog is wanting attention and just sitting on my bed. So with me, so he needs to, he needs to calm down. Okay. So anyway, the guy was saying to me, oh, I'm getting a grandmotherly energy. And, uh, oh, she's showing me food and she's someone who loved to feed you. And she had so much unconditional love for you. How vague is that? (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous and so vague. He wasn't doing anything that I don't think anyone couldn't have done, right? Even a non-medium. So when you have that type of reading, to me, it's what I call a bullshit reading. And this person doesn't have, I mean, I'm sure they have the gift, but they have not developed it. You need to develop and train that gift and make sure you know what you're doing, especially if you are going to charge people. Tony talks about as well, don't ever say when you're reading for someone, don't say, this is your mother. This is your father. He says, you should always say, this is a fatherly energy. This is a male energy because maybe you never knew your father and the neighbor next door was like a father to you, it's going to trip the sitter if you say, 
I have your father here. Well, I don't think you do because I never knew my father and we didn't have that type of connection. Instead, you would say, I have a fatherly energy. And I thought that was really interesting and that really helped me. And then Tony also said, you know, make sure you stop. And and I think this is pretty basic, but make sure you stop and say, does this resonate with you? He kept using something else. That's my term. Does this resonate with you? But it was something else he used. Do you understand this? Does this make sense to you? And you wait for the sitter to say yes, and then you keep going. If the sitter says no, then you have to go on another path. Now, I had to read with two other people, and it was a tag team reading. So it was me and a woman reading for a man, and we had to do mediumship together. And it was super fun. And Tony called it something. There's a word for it. And I'm sorry, I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) And I forgot to look it up. But it's basically like tag team mediumship. So two of us read for you. And it was really fun. And Tony said, you have to have a lot of fun with this. If you know how to do it, it's great. It's so thrilling and enlightening. And it really was. When it was my turn, I started to get communication from a West Indian African type male who was young and he was playing the drums and he was singing and he was having a great time. Keep in mind, our class had 40, 50 people in it. So it could have, I could have picked up a spirit from any one of us, right? And I asked him and he kept saying no, he kept saying no. So I said, okay, got to move on. So I said to that spirit, okay, you got to leave, cleared my mind. And then the next spirit that came through was a mentor to him from years ago. And he said, I cannot believe you picked this guy up. And I was describing, and then the woman who was doing tag teaming with, she was describing this Russian male as well. And we had very specific, but very, well, no, we had different, but some similar information. And it was a really incredible reading. So that's what happens when you have something like that, which is just not resonating, you stop, you ask the spirit to leave, you clear your mind and you find the loved one. Now, I want to talk about this story that happened to me in the workshop that was so beautiful and personal and I'm actually tearing up thinking about it because (laughs) it was just something that was such a surprise. I really, you know, you have these surprises in life where you just say, wow, this was definitely source being involved and spirit being involved. And here's what happened. Okay. So Tony starts talking about this story where there was an incident with Vladimir Putin in the year 2000. It happened in his first 100 days in office. The Kursk submarine, which was a Russian submarine, sank to the bottom of the ocean and 118 sailors died. There were four and a half days where Putin was making a decision to save them. It's a long story and it's actually my book that I talk about from 2012 that I talked about earlier in this episode and I had based my book around the story of the Kursk. So my ears perked up and he said, Tony said that uh, he was doing a reading during the time that the sailors were stuck in the Kursk and they were unfortunately dying because they were running out of oxygen and they 
we're basically spiraling into the abyss and sitting on the bottom of the ocean and there were 118 of them and there was one specifically who came through in this reading and this woman raised her hand in the audience and said oh my god I've been praying for that exact sailor for every day every night nonstop." and the sailor came through and said I can feel your energy I can feel your prayers thank you so much we are so grateful and unfortunately he ended up passing away but I was just blown away by this because my book which is starting to get a resurgence is a novel about Vladimir Putin and it centers around the four and a half days that he had to make the decision of saving the sailors on the Kursk and one of the viewpoints I have is the famous sailor, Dmitry Kolesnikov, who ended up passing away, but he is the reason we know that the sailors were definitely alive because he wrote a note to you know the Russian Navy and also to his beloved partner at the time. And so I recreated that in the book. And I just could not believe that they were talking about the Kursk because I had researched the Kursk for years, you guys. I had done extensive research. I had reached out to the expert who wrote the book on the Kursk. I have a master's degree in Russian studies and creative writing, and I studied the Kursk and that whole story extensively. I studied about the sailors, and I felt in a way that that was a bit of a message for me too, to keep going. So I was just, I was just sitting there going, oh my gosh. So then the next reading we did, I picked up this Russian mentor from back in the day. And I told the guy and I told the, my partner uh, who I was tag teaming with and the guy we were reading for the story of the Kursk. And they couldn't believe it as well. So what I decided was to give a copy of the book to Tony Stockwell. So the next morning I went into class I quickly explained the situation. He looked shocked. <laughs> he said, wow. He said, I, I can't believe that. And I said, yeah. And I said, listen, I said, you don't have to read it. You can throw it in the trash if you want. But here's the book and it does detail the Kursk and it is from a sailor's perspective, one of the perspectives. And he said, oh, thank you so much. He was so grateful and so thankful. So we'll see. I don't know if you read it or not, but um, I thought that was kind of a cool little thing about the workshop that I'd share with you. And then Tony's last piece of advice is never be overconfident as a medium. He said he's had readings and this guy is the creme de la creme, the highest medium you can get a mediumship reading from. I can't imagine it must take, my guess is probably, he's probably booked a year in advance. That's my guess. Because the other famous medium I know of is booked six months in advance. So just good for you to know, guys, too. If you want to go to one of these, the big kahunas, <laughs> they're, they're booked uh, quite some time in advance. His last piece of advice was he's done readings to this day where he's so confident and he, he's like, hey, I, I went in, I did a killer job. And then at the end, the sitter says to him, but that's not who I came here to see. And he said he had one reading where the woman finally looked disappointed, said that at the end, 
And then he was able to get the loved one she wanted and he had to track her down on the street and grab her (laughs) and tell her on the street the reading from the loved one. So he said, never get an ego with this. Never get overconfident with this. Make sure that you always have a message or messages for them. That's why they're coming to see you is they want that message. So never let your ego run the show and don't get a message for them. You have to make sure you are there for the sitter. And what I always think about when I recommend mediums, and I just did, someone contacted me and said, hey, can you recommend, actually, she wanted a psychic. Well, psychic mediums are kind of, you know, it's all the same thing sometimes. But she wanted a psychic medium. And I said, hey, you can pick this person, this person, this person, I know this person. And they all have very different qualities. And she really appreciated that. But one thing you have to keep in mind is, or I guess I should say myself as a medium, I have to keep in mind, is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for some of these people. And some of these mediums cost so much money, you guys, so much. Okay, so the one I went to in 2020, I had some type of coupon. So I got it 75% off, but this woman was $500 for 30 minutes. So a lot of people also can't afford it. I just went to a psychic who was $200 for an hour. And as I said in my episode about developing mediumship skills, you shouldn't be going to a medium every month, every two weeks, every four months. This should be, you know, maybe every six months, if that, maybe once a year, if you're really, really into it, I hardly go because I can do it for myself. So it's kind of, that's another thing I want to say about when you start to develop your psychic and mediumship skills that I forgot to say in that episode on developing mediumship skills. The psyche part is once you develop your skills to a good enough level, you will find that it's not that exciting to go to a psychic or medium anymore because you can just do it yourself. And that's what I find. So, you know, back in the day, I was like, oh my God, I, I'm really looking forward to this. It's coming up in two months. And now I'm like, eh, I can do it myself. In fact, I can do it for other people if I really wanted to. So <laughs> just know that as well. I thought Tony's advice was incredible. He has such sage wisdom. If you guys want to develop your mediumship skills, take a class with him. He does online. He has this wonderful way of teaching where everything is about practice. And then he will, at the end of the practice, then we all get together as a group. And then he gives advice from what he's seen. And I thought that was, listen, I'm now taking two classes with him, two workshops. I keep saying classes, two workshops. And next year, I think I'm going to take both his workshops because I'm so excited about them. So I've, I've uh, taken a good amount of, cl- you know, a good amount of hours with him. And I have to say, every time I just come away with the most amazing knowledge. And he is the nicest, funniest, most engaging human. So I, uh, that's all I can say. And I, I hope he comes on this podcast one day. I had asked him. He did say yes. I just don't think he has a time, but I'm going to, uh, next year, I think he'll remember me and I'm going to go in hard and uh, <laughs> see if I'll, if I'll get him on. I have a feeling uh, next year may be my year, 2024. The good news is I am going to actually be interviewing, hopefully fingers crossed, we're set to record 
a medium that I really loved, who's excellent from the workshop, and I'm recording with her next week, I think it is. And uh, I'm also set to record a metaphysical table talk with my spiritual mentor, who I mentioned many times. I will be dropping the next episode on Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. Until then, I just realized that Friday is October 13th. It's going to be Friday the 13th. So until then, have a great Friday the 13th. I always find that these 13th Friday things are lucky for me. So may they be lucky for you as well. Enjoy Friday the 13th. Do something scary or creepy or fun or paranormal. I'll be thinking of you. And until then, live your life two inches off the ground. <laughs>